28th of August 2017. There is a sufficiency in the world for man's need, but not for man's greed. Mohandas K. Gandhi. My dear great great grandchildren, very sad day today. When David went to let the chickens out this morning, he found that Mrs. Dewhurst was bleeding from swamp somewhere upon her and had been bleeding quite a lot during the night. She would not let me pick her up and seemed to be bright in every other way. Bright red comb, bright open eyes, and she was out of the nesting box, but standing on the roosting bars. I decided to leave her for a bit. The only one who she would let pick her up easily is Nikki, and Nikki is at work. I went back down to her in the middle of the morning, and she had got herself down from the coop and was sitting amongst the soft patch of green weeds. She looked fine. I ran Nikki to tell her because I knew that she would want to know and we decided we would take it to the vets together when she reached home from work. Partly because Mrs Dewhurst could be so tricky and we thought it would be easier for her if we both handled her, one holding while the other looked to see where the bleeding was coming from. In the meantime, I took her down a small bowl of water in case she did not feel well enough to reach the main source of water, which is put down fresh for them every day. I left her because knowing how feisty she could be and utterly willful, it would be better for Nikki and I to look at her together. During the afternoon, she had made her way over to the main feeder and I took the opportunity to pick her up to see if she was still bleeding and if it was coming from her foot. It could be a condition known as bumblefoot. She was not having any of it. In fact, she flapped so much she stumbled and I was concerned that she would make matters worse. By six o'clock this evening, she had made herself back up into the nesting box. It was going to be a real shame to disturb her. She didn't seem to be losing any more blood. However, Nikki arrived home and had no problem lifting her out of the nesting box. When she was turned over, we could see clearly the problem. Poor dear Mrs Dewhurst had had a prolapse in the night, which is not uncommon for very old hens, and she was very old indeed. It was the prolapse that had caused the beading, and it clearly needed professional help. We quickly rang the vets, and only one that we ever used in the last 30 years for many cats, dogs, rabbits, guinea pigs and chickens. We felt it is very important to make an appointment to take it down straight away. It was, unfortunately, only at the end of the road. Fortunately, it was only at the end of the road. We were told it was out of hours, but only just, and there was still one vet about. Fine. Could we come, we said? And they said yes, but that we needed to know before we brought her in that this would cost us, on top of the bill, another £120, as it was after hours. To be precise, it was about 20 minutes into emergency time. What? I exclaimed. With our large family and stretched budget and a certain knowledge that the treatment alone would be another 80 to to £100, this was going to cost in the region of £200. I said the usual pleas of, we've been bringing all our animals here to you for years, etc. <coughs> to no avail. However, there was nothing more to be said. We take very seriously our stewardship for animals and we do the same for any creature. 
And this was our much-loved Mrs. Dewhurst. We hurriedly got the cat basket lined with newspaper, put lots of clean hay at the bottom and laid Mrs. Dewhurst in it. We knew that in some circumstances it was possible to push the prolapse back in, but she would need an anaesthetic. And a nine-year-old chicken would find it difficult coping with an anaesthetic. However, we gently packed her up and took her to the car. She was unusually quiet for Mrs D, and we could sense that she was uncomfortable and possibly in pain. When the vet saw Mrs Dewhurst, she was doubtful we could save her. The prolapse had necrosed and the tissue was not healthy. The vet said that she could not push it back in, and that if she cut it away, there was not enough healthy tissue to stitch it to. She then went on to say that the kindest thing we could do was to put her to sleep. I know and understand very well that the last loving and kind act we could do for Mrs Dewhurst was to ensure that the end of her life was peaceful, calm and pain-free, and that we were by her side stroking her gently and talking to her. It was pain-free for her, but not for Nick and me. We did not want to let her go. The vet put the syringe in and explained that she would feel sleepy and in a couple of minutes would go. A few times she drooped and then hearing our soothing tone she sat bolt upright and opened her eyes wide, quite awake and very much alive. The vet had left us alone with her at this stage as she had had another emergency came in. When she returned she was expecting Mrs Dewhurst to be dead. Mrs Dewhurst was clearly fighting it. She didn't want to die. Well, she was just as feisty and in control as ever. The vet gave her another syringe for whatever they use for such occasions and said, well, she's now had enough to kill a cocker spaniel. We waited, still stroking her and gently talking to her. She gradually closed her eyes and began to droop. Seconds later, she was up again, eyes open. She definitely wasn't ready in her mind to go. But gradually over the next five minutes, her poor old heart succumbed. We watched her breathing gradually slow up and her heart was visibly fluttering and then it stopped beating. She lay peacefully in our arms. It is always faith affirming to me when any living being dies. The sudden loss of energy is palpable. We know that scientifically energy never goes. It may change its shape or transfer in some way but it is always there. I felt this when my mother died, your great-great-great-grandmother. One moment she was there, although unconscious, the life force was there, and suddenly there it wasn't. It had gone. A sense of peace had replaced it, that peace that Christ said passes all understanding. Something had definitely left and gone somewhere else. We Christians call it a soul. We took Mrs. Dewhurst back to the rise to bury her and to give thanks for her life, as we have done for all of our animals. We buried her near a rose, near the chicken compound, within sight of the rest of the flock, who were now sadly taking themselves off to bed. She would be sadly missed. The vet took a photograph for us just before she died. Here she's looking very much alive minutes before her death. 
This is Dewhurst, Rest in Peace, 2008-2017. David has just recalculated that thanks to the vet's bill, our eco-eggs are now costing £55 an egg. <laughs> 